garden. Got a couple of more good points. Gardens are growing. How's your garden doing? You doing all right? Yeah. I noticed yesterday I, I put out a Roma tomato plant this year. It's the first time I've done that, but it's got, they're about that big right now. But they'll, they'll give bigger. So there's nothing like, nothing like gardens. They, they're a wonderful thing. Here's a couple, <clears throat> a couple of points of wisdom. This one actually comes from Paul in his letter to the church of Corinth. He says, you reap what you sow. Have you ever tried to grow corn with a tomato seed? It won't work, will it? You've got to have a tomato seed to grow tomatoes, don't you? And a corn seed to grow corn. Uh, you can't grow a thorn bush with a, with a thistle seed, can you? So, uh, no, it doesn't work that way. But uh, the point is this. Sow good seed and you'll reap good things. There, that's good. I like that. Here's another one. No garden is without weeds. Much as hard as I try, every week I have to weed the garden. You know, those weeds just keep popping up. But here's a good point of wisdom. Weed your garden first. You know, you got weeds in your garden just like everybody else does. Look, you know, don't judge other people. We've got a couple of good points, I think, that we can look at. Today's a, a very special day in the life of the church. It's the Feast of the Ascension, and uh, typically it would be celebrated on Thursday. That's the traditional time because it was 40 days, 40 days after the resurrection. But the church allows us to celebrate it on 43 days if we, if we so choose, and I, I think that's good. Uh, the thing that keeps coming back to me as I think about the ascension, and, and I think it's got something to do with age as well, is just how much Jesus loves us. Oh my gosh, he loves us. He loves us with an everlasting love. And that's a, that's a powerful, powerful point. And Jesus is getting ready now to go into heaven. The thing is, the disciples are not going to be going with him just yet. And so what he's going to do, what he's doing is he's preparing them for his departure and showing them just how much, the extent to which he loves them and cares for them. So it's sort of, here I'm going to take care of you. Here's some things to remember and things that are going to happen to you in the next coming days. You know, these, these words are the same for us today because we're living in the same time. It's, two, it's been 2,000 years, but it doesn't matter. We're living in the end times. When Jesus ascended into heaven, then we started the end times, and we're living in those times just like they were. So the words that he has to offer us are words that apply across the board until he does return. And uh, I think it's interesting. You know, some of it's pretty dramatic. It's uh, actually quite a bit of the uh, wisdom and knowledge he imparts is, is dramatic, or dramatic, that is. And, uh, but I wonder, I, I thought about this when we were studying the passion of Jesus, how that Jesus would tell them, suffer, die, and would be raised on the third day. They didn't believe him, except for John. John believed, but... They didn't, they didn't believe him. I bet, I'd be willing to bet, if I was a betting person, they believed him this time. They believed him. See, you don't have to understand everything to believe. 
What you got to do is, is trust the one that you believe in. That's what matters. Uh, there's no way you can understand everything that Jesus has to say because he's God. He's God in the flesh, and uh, we're finite, and he's infinite. But, uh, you know, that's, a, that's another great lesson to learn. So how does, what does Jesus do to show the full extent of his love at this time? First thing he does is he communicates with them what's going to happen. Now, that's really important. I mean, you know, we like to be told, don't we, what's going to happen and how things are going to take place. That way we can sort of plan. We, we, we can anticipate, and something like this would be particularly important. What does he say? He says, well, I'm going to be going away from you for a while. Now, that's important. It's for a while. It's not permanent. I'm not abandoning you. I'm not leaving you out here to the wolves. No, none of that kind of stuff. I'm going to be gone for a while. Now, why am I going? Well, he had taught them many times why he was going. Two things. One is he was preparing a new place for them, a new home. Uh, we know that today as the heavenly city, the new Jerusalem. See, Jesus went to prepare that place for us in order that we can be with him forever. That's the beauty of our faith. As the children of the Father, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit want us to be with him, with them forever, so to speak. And what a wonderful thought that is. I mean, that's a that's a tremendous thought. We, we belong to the kingdom of God. That's where our kingdom is, and that's where we belong. And so he's saying, I'm going to go away to prepare this place, and as we heard in the second reading, I'm going to pray for you. See, Jesus, when he ascended into heaven, he took his seat, his rightful place, at the, at the throne of God, at the right side of God, the right hand of the Father. And it's there that he prays for us, that he intercedes for us with the Father. See, prayer is important, particularly the prayer of Jesus. Let me ask you this question. If Pope Francis called you today and said, I'm praying for you, would that matter to you? Well, uh, yeah, Pope Francis. And you'd say, well, who is this? You know, you're not Pope. No. Uh, well, of course it would. Think about this way. Jesus is saying, and he's a lot greater than Pope Francis, though Pope Francis is great. Uh, Jesus says, I'm praying for you. That's important. It's important to know that he's doing that. He's interceding for you with the Father. So he's going away for a while to prepare a home and to pray for you. Then he says, but in a while, I'll be coming back. I am going to be coming back. Why? Well, it's not, it does, we heard in the reading, it has nothing to do with, with our with being redeemed to God through the precious blood of Jesus. No, that's, that was the first coming, the first advent of Jesus. That was the mission of Jesus there. The second advent, the second coming of Jesus is, I'm going to take you to be with me where I am. That's what that's all about, see. I'm not abandoning you, I'm not leaving you but I'm going to come back and I'm going to take you to where I am so that where I am, you also may be. That sounds scriptural, doesn't it? Well, that's because it is. See, Jesus wants to connect us with our family, with our heavenly family. And, uh, you know, that's so important. And he does it in a, a unique way. 
Now, it's true, heaven, we see uh, after, after the second coming of Jesus, we see the new heaven descending upon the new earth. I bet it's got that new smell to it. What do you think? Think it does? You ever, move, you ever build a house and you're the first one to move into it? So it has a special feel to it, doesn't it? Well, that's what he's got. You know, he's got a new, new place for you. Brand new. Nobody's ever lived there. He's got a, a brand new place for you. But we, we will have a new body and our soul. See, our, our bodies right now are laid to rest in, in peace. You've already passed. Soul's gone to be with God. But when Jesus returns, all that changes. He resurrects the body into a new body just like his through the power of the Holy Spirit. Body and soul come together and then we go to be with the Lord forever. Not a bad deal. What do you think? I think I want that. I think I, I really, yeah, oh, I know I do. I really want that. That's what I want to do. New body, soul, go to be with the Lord forever. I can't beat that. That's a great deal. So Jesus says, I'm coming back and you will go to be with me forever. But that's not all he says. The next thing he says is, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to think about this. this. This is crucial. You want to live an attitude of gratitude in life? You want to live a life of grace? Well, here's how to do it. Three things to think about. The Father, God the Father, has adopted you as his child. That makes you special. You know that? You realize how special you are? He's adopted you as one of his children. The Son has given his life for you. <laughs> I mean, this is God in the flesh, you know, king of the universe kind of stuff. I've given my life for you. That makes you special, doesn't it? And now he says, I'm going to pour my spirit into you. <laughs> wow. Wow. Why do we need God's spirit here today? Well, I'll tell you why we need it. It's tough out there. It's a tough world. It's really tough out there. And Jesus says, I'm going to, God is going to pour out his spirit within you and give you what you need. What do you need to live in this world? You need power. You need power to overcome all the miseries of this life. You need grace. And you need, you need these wonderful fruits of the Holy Spirit. And that's what I'm giving you. Why are you so special? You realize how special you are when you think of those three things? I mean, that's mind-boggling to me. Uh, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and there you'll have the power to live out your life daily in a meaningful way. Then he says, well, there's one thing you got to do while I'm gone. What is it, Lord? What do you want us to do? Is this why you, you're not coming back or you're not taking us right now? Well, probably. What is it? He says, you will be my witnesses. Didn't he say that? He said, you'll be my witnesses. Now, I've never been to, a, I've seen it on television, but I, I've never been to a real-life trial where you've been called as a witness. But what I understand is when they call you to be a witness, you come up. You say, I promise I'm going to tell you the truth, whole truth, nothing but the truth. 
and you tell them what you saw or what you, what you heard. Isn't that what a witness does? Well, that's what we're called to do. Jesus says, you'll be my, what, what am I a witness of? I am a witness of the power of God in my life. I am a witness of the joy of Jesus in my life to walk with him. That's what, I, what it's all about. He said, you'll be, all you got to do, see, a lot of people think today you got to have a degree in th theology in order to interact with somebody and tell them about Jesus. No, you don't. <laughs> Sometimes that could be the worst thing you could do. What is it that you do? You just tell them what you've seen and heard. Isn't that what the blind, blind guy did? You know, when Jesus healed them, the Pharisees, they got all worked up about it, didn't they? They, they brought him before him. They said, are you that one that was blind all your life? What happened to you? Well, he said, I don't know exactly, but I'll tell you this. Once I was blind, but now I can see. That's being a witness, isn't it? They, couldn't, they could not fault that. They couldn't fault that. And the joy that that brought. See, what happens is when you're a witness, you bring others to Jesus. See, the Father likes his house to be full. Have you ever heard about somebody, you know, kid, a house where the, they love to have a house full of kids? Have you ever heard that expression? Yeah, they love the, you know, they enjoy, that's the way the Father is. He wants a house full of kids. That's you, the adopted children of God. He wants a house full of you because he loves you, because he cares about you. And so what we have to do, according to the Lord, is we got to be his witness. we got to go out and share the good news of Jesus. And not only does he uh, tell us that, but he tells us how to do it. You know, Jesus was, uh, he was great at strategy. You know what, you want to know what the witness strategy is? Well, he tells you right here, doesn't he? He says you start where you are, and then you go out from there. That's how you do it. Isn't that what he said? If you look at Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost part, always it's a circle. It's moving out from your point and just moving out. See, the strategy for us, where, where's the, where is our Jerusalem? Our Jerusalem starts at our family. That's where we need to be the greatest witness of Christ is in our family. Do you know what? If we practice that, if all people on this earth practice that, we wouldn't have to go any farther than that. You know, if everybody's taking care of their family, witnessing to their family. I, that's some powerful stuff, isn't it? Then the final thing that he says, he says, I'm going to reward you for your faithfulness. Now, when I read it this time, I could not help but think about the parable of the, three, of the talents. You've heard that parable before, haven't you? The parable of the talents. Well, let's review it just really quickly. What's the first thing that Jesus says in the parable? He says, I'm going away. The, the, the king's going to go away for a while. Who's that remind you of? Who's he speaking of? Well, he's speaking of himself. Jesus is telling you. He says, then what does he say? He says that I'm going to give you talents. I'm going, to let, I'm going to ask you to take what I've given you and use it to good. What's he saying? Be my witness, isn't he? That's exactly what he's saying. Then he says, 
I'm going to come back. What does that sound like? Sounds like the ascension, doesn't it? He says, I'm going to come back. And then he says, I'm going to reward you. Ooh. What are you going to reward me with? Well, heavenly treasure. Heavenly treasure. See, you're storing up things. When you are my witness, when you're doing good in this world, when you're sharing me with others, you're, you're accumulating treasure in heaven. And we get all worked up today about treasure on earth. But I hate to tell you this, if you haven't figured it out, you're not taking a bit of it with you. Not taking a bit of it with you. As a matter of fact, you may be giving it to somebody when you pass on that you don't want to have. They don't, you don't want them to have it because they're going to spend it and squalor it. You know, you can't do it. I mean, I, I've read where people bury themselves in a Cadillac. Can't take it to heaven. It's still on the ground. It's all rotted by now, though, isn't it? See, it doesn't work. you got to take, it's the heavenly treasure that's going to matter. So accumulate treasure in heaven. This world, forget it, it's nothing. Accumulate treasure in heaven, and he will reward you. A couple of thoughts for reflection. Remember this. Realize that Jesus could come at any moment. Everything that I see today, when I study the scriptures, I would not be surprised in the least. Actually, I'd be very happy if Jesus were to return right now. Because I think it's all, everything's lined up the way it needs to be. He, he could do it today, and I wouldn't be surprised in the least. Realize that. He's coming back. The second thing is this. Be a witness of Jesus especially beginning in your family. Be a witness for Jesus. God bless all of you. Love you very much.